Hi everyone, welcome to Turner Syndrome Talking to You with Emily. This week we have Caroline talking to us about her experience with Turner's. So I hope you find this episode really impactful, really helpful, because I know I did. So I hope you really, really enjoy it. Hi everyone, welcome back to Turner's Talking Tea. This week we have Caroline with us. Hi Caroline. Hi Emily, nice to be here. Nice to meet you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good, good. So I want to ask you a bit about Turner's, if that's okay. Yeah. What's your relationship with Turner's? I would say my relationship with Turner should be mostly positive. Um, I've never let it help hold me back. Um, Mum never treated me any different from my peers. Um, but I think to some degree it was probably the fact that as well that I had no diagnosis as a child. Although I had development health issues um, with the ears and... They discovered when I was seven that I had one kidney um, and so on. Um, I wasn't actually diagnosed when I was 24. Um, So, you know, having no knowledge, whilst in some ways it was disadvantageous, in other ways it was advantageous. Mm. Because, um, you know, I couldn't blame anything that wasn't going right on Turner's. And I, and I don't think we should anyway, um, because uh, Turners, we're not we're we're ladies with Turners or girls with Turners. We, you know, we are not Turners mm. in that respect. Um, you know, it's something that we we've been born with, yes, and we have to deal with. But um, I don't think I should. I think we should minimise the impact that it where we can that it has on our life. Mm. Okay. What's the biggest challenge of time has been for you? My biggest challenge has probably been the uh, the hearing. Um, it's always been an issue. It was picked up when I was just little. I mean, I was only about two when my mum pushed and pushed with the doctor that I was, had hearing problems. I had a lot of ear infections as a child, um, so this that probably didn't help. And I know that is very, extremely common within Turner's ladies and girls. Um, so I would certainly say deafness has been a big tra- the biggest challenge, particularly as I've got older and my hearing's gone down. Um, I've had two mastoidectomies, one in either ear, um, and the second one, my second mastoidectomy in my right ear, which is my good ear, as I call it, has obviously reduced it a bit more. But, um, and I never used to put down that um, I had a disability on the farm mm-hmm. when I was applying for jobs because I've, ne- although I have that sensory disability, I have never classed myself as disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's not the disability is not the inability, so uh, I therefore don't see it as a disability if you can work around it mm. and have a, a coping mechanism for that's it. 
That's a great quote. That's a great quote. I love that. So, um, that's just, and I think the way I was brought up my, with my mum not treating me any different from my peers and she never held me back, you know, and encouraged me I, in all social aspects. I mean, I was in the brownies and the guide. I was in, went to dancing, Highland dancing and things like that. Um, I found once I went to high school, I didn't have such a wide network of friends. Because mm. you were sort of split up. You were split up a bit from all the, the friends that you'd had in primary into different classes. So some stayed with you, some that are just a wee. But, I mean, um, I, had, I hadn't, the, hadn't the knowledge that I had Turner's and I hadn't not the, the positive side of meeting other people with Turner's. Which I think is the one thing that struck me going to the conferences is how the, especially the younger ones like yourself, who have come through the society from being very little, have formed such a close bond. And it is just wonderful to see. Mm. It is. It's nice, isn't it? I always think with friendships, quality of the quantity. Because after I left secondary school, it phased out because we weren't being forced to be in the same place every day. So I think it's quality over quantity. Ah. So you've said a bit about how about the positive experiences of Turners. What are, what else has been the positive experience of it? Uh, positive experiences. Um, well, the first most positive was when I was actually told that I had it because I was told that I shouldn't have been fertile. I was, I was diagnosed while pregnant, but wasn't told until after my eldest son was born. And basically, the genetics doctor and the gynecologist came along to me and said, you're very fortunate to be uh, fertile. I explained that the reason I was short was because I had Turner syndrome. And, this, and it was also the reason that I was very fortunate to be fertile. Oh, wow. So, and I didn't, so you sorry. actually were able to give birth to your, to your children? Yeah, I was uh, cesarean section with both my, my boys. They were both big, healthy boys. And um, so that's definitely got to be the most positive. Um, and as much as I would have liked maybe even to carry on have another child I felt that almost I was being selfish because I was fortunate to be I was so fortunate to be fertile and so many women with Turners are not that fortunate and you've also got loads of other women out there who don't have Turners who again are not fortunate enough to be able to have children of their own mm. so that was definitely something that was very positive yeah. for me. And also um, other experiences that have came along since, like meeting and supporting others with TS and their families, attending the international conference in 2016 with Arlene and Peter and Susan was just so humbling and it was so informative as well. 
and it made me really appreciate our wonderful NHS, who I know are getting a lot of stick at the moment and under a lot of pressure. But, um, you know, we have got, we are lucky to have it. Mm, definitely. We are. We are. What is your involvement in the society? Well, I would say my involvement in the society is really raising awareness. I give talks. I mean, I haven't, obviously, with COVID and pandemic. But prior to that, I was asked after Mexico, would I to give a talk on my trip when they knew I was going to Mexico and I was fundraising. And I did. And for the offspin of that was I was asked along to other groups to give talks. So it's been good to raise awareness and almost say, look at me. Okay, I've got turners, but it doesn't define me. It hasn't made any difference to what I have achieved or can achieve. You know, and um, as I say, I'd like to think that, you know, if somebody had a specific problem that I'd encountered, that they would point it my way or, you know, we just by sheer fate meet up and uh, whether it, you know, be on Facebook or whatever, you know, I mean, I often put on Facebook uh, if somebody has said something, you know, I'll refer them to Arlene, or if I can't answer it, I will answer it. Mm. And, and I try to answer anything positively because um, it's, not, it's not the be end and end of end all, you know. Um, but, but I appreciate for a young mum who's just given birth or who's pregnant with a Turner's and being told that the little girl has Turner's. It must be so overwhelming and worrying for them because they don't know what. And I think that's, I feel that's where I can help in the sense that look at me, you know, your little girl, she makes it, she'll be fine. Mm. So defy the odds. Um, I think time and time again, Turner's girls and ladies, uh, defy the professionals in the sense that we exceed their expectations by a long way many a time. Mm. Yeah, definitely. How has the society helped you? By giving me <coughs> by giving me the information and tools to empower myself to make sure that I get all my health checks and that I know all the problems associated with Turner's or that can arise or that I, you know, have already that it is connected. Because when I was told that I had Turner's, I was told, that's why you're small, you shouldn't have been fertile. End of. I wasn't told anything else. Mm-hmm. It was only, it was only like, five, six years down the road when the health visitor where I used to live remembered me. She got in touch with the health visitor here. Would I support a couple who lived 20 miles from us who had just had a little girl with Turner's? 
the offshoot of that was that I went to York Hill Hospital and I met the wonderful Ari, who had just started the Scottish Support Group, Scott, uh, Support in Scotland for Turners. It was then that I learned that my hearing, etc., was all connected. Mm. Um, and whilst it didn't make any difference to me that had I had lived with that all my life with the hearing, it still it ticked a lot of boxes, if you like, because it it explained the kidney problem, explained why I was unfortunate with hearing issues, and so I, it gave a lot of explanations for a lot of my health issues as a child. Um, because I don't, I was quite poorly the first seven years of my life, mm. but being of the older generation, um, I wasn't diagnosed till late. I think it was quite common for my generation to be diagnosed later in life. Yeah. Because there wasn't so much knowledge. I mean, genetics have came so far, evolved so much and came so far, mm. you know, uh, so that um so I would say that that's been the biggest thing with the the uh society. Uh and it certainly empowered me and I'd like to think I was a good advocate for the society as well. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I think it's important that uh we have that knowledge. I am I always feel I know of two Turner's ladies in the area, my area. And as far as my wear, they have never been involved with a society. And my one of them is a qualified staff nurse. So I've no doubt that she's probably armed with the correct information. Mm-hmm. But the other one isn't. And I do worry that she has not had the right treatments you know like I went through early menopause as a lot of us do and I was put on HRT to protect my bones um you know did she have that advantage I don't know but Mm. that's I I worry about that in a way um I feel that I know it's not for everybody to get involved in sports societies uh organizations but I think it's important to make touch base and make contact um, because that's where you'll get information. Doctors don't have time to give you all that information. No. In a consultation. Just knowing that this society is there, that you can use it whenever, if ever you need it. Sorry? That's nice, isn't it? In knowing that the society is there, and knowing ah. that you can use it whenever and if ever you need it. That's that's yeah. important, isn't it? I mean, any time I feel that I I need a bit of support and advice, I know that I can just pick up the phone and speak to Arlene. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, and she'll, she'll point you in the direction of someone who's been through what you've been through or what have you, you know, which is really good. Um, and I mean, I'm in regular contact with a few of the ladies, and it's lovely, mm. you know, because we're all in the same boat. Um, I mean, you know, my generation didn't have the, the benefit of growth hormone, mm. and, and while, whilst it's 
it's not been detrimental in one way, you know, we know that it has more benefits than just gaining a height. Mm-hmm. You know, that cereal, which is important. Which is why I think it's important for people to touch base with the society and arm themselves with the knowledge mm-hmm. that they need to to fight the little girl's corner or to fight their own corner. Because um, I think we educate the the doctors to quite a degree as well. You know, I mean, I've made several uh, doctors aware of the TS clinical care guidelines. And a couple of them have known, but there is others who haven't, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and with, for instance, my GP, I had said she wasn't aware. And I said, you know, I'm not telling you to go away and read the whole thing, you know, but it's there for your reference. And I said, also, if you touch base with it, it rationalizes my request, as it were, if mm-hmm. I request something. For example, um, my for a while, I wasn't getting very good cardiology care. And um, I had spoken to my GP and I had asked that I was put on to Aberdeen because the, the cardiologist that I had seen was based in the local hospital. And um, I just wasn't happy. And on the offshoot of that, I also phoned cardiology and asked who was the consultant that dealt with people with congenital heart abnormalities and I got the name of the cardiologist from the secretary and I was then able to pass that on to my GP. Lo and behold, shortly after that, I got an appointment through for the correct cardiologist and I've been under her care ever since and she has been wonderful Um, and my heart has deteriorated and she's seen me more often due to that. And she's even called in advice from the Glasgow Cardiology Unit as well, Mm. you know, which, you know, reassuring that my heart's in good hands, as it were. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very reassuring. And you make a good point there that if you're not happy, if if you don't think you're being looked after, it isn't that one path there's other ways to go you can see other people same with medication because I changed my medication as well because it just wasn't agreeing with me and it just yeah it's important to know that you can change if needed yeah and I think as well when um you know there's a leaflet for the over ladies over 40 and I think for myself I had, from being about seven till I was um, my late late 20s, I didn't have any real health issues um, apart from the, the ears. And then as I got older, it just, you know, things started to, you know, I wasn't diagnosed with a heart issue until I was 50. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the the gynae stroke endocrine uh, consultant that I was seeing 
he's he's picked it up on one consultation. He says, you haven't had a heart scan, have you? And I says, no. And he says, well, I think given your age, we'd better. So he'd arranged that, and that was when I was diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they discovered, but it was mild then. So obviously that was another reason for it not being picked up. Um, as well, he was obviously aware that it was a factor with us ladies, mm-hmm. and thought if you haven't been checked out, we better get you checked out. So, but um, so that was that was reassuring that you know he was getting me the correct scans and mm-hmm. such like you know, um, and in fact I'm just waiting for my bone scan shortly. Uh, next month I've got a bone scan appointment. And that's obviously been a bit delayed because of the pandemic. Mm. But, you know, each consultation I've chased it up and now it's happening. Yeah. You know, so because there's osteoporosis in the family as well, I want oh, okay. to, you know, want to be, I think that that's another factor with us. I think, you know, I know it's, we're at high risk of osteoporosis. But I think also if it's in the family, they obviously your your risks are increased again. Mm. Whereas health issues, um, you know. But certainly I can't fault the care that I'm getting now. And a lot of that is because I have empowered myself to get under the correct mm. people, as it were with the, um, the, the consultants and the doctors with a knowledge of Turner's syndrome because there's still a, a lack of knowledge out there with some yeah. doctors. Yeah. Um, and whilst at work, when I was working, I was a healthcare support worker. And when I was doing that, any of the, the rotation of junior doctors, I always took the opportunity to educate them where I could <laughs> and make them aware of my ter- of Turner's, um, you know, and we're always very interested and very accommodating and listening. Mm. Uh, and some were disappointed they couldn't spend more time listening to more about it because obviously they had their, their jobs to do. But I certainly highlighted it where I, where I could with them so that then at least they could go away and, and look, up, look it up. I mean, for example, when I was in hospital in April with my heart, um, the doctor that was looking after, junior doctor that was looking after me on the ward hadn't heard of Turner's. And um, it was actually on my old ward that I was a patient. And my old boss had said, well, just you ask Caroline, she'll keep you right. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a bit of a, a laughter moment in a worrying situation. (laughs) <laughs> so with your heart, what have you been diagnosed with? The coartation or the dilatation? Sorry? With your heart, what have you been diagnosed with? The coartation or the dilatation? The uh, the di- the dilation the dilation of the descending. The descending. Okay. Yeah. The uh, component. Rather, um, there's no leakage, and I've obviously got the, the bicuspic valve, and that has narrowed. <clears throat> Due to that, I've got the aortic stenosis with it. 
So basically, they're keeping an eye on that valve for should it need replaced. Mm-hmm. Good. So I, Good. I'm glad so you came. Sorry, I've been told that um, it may or may not, um, you know. I mean, I've had a lot of tests recently and I've heard nothing back. I'm on the waiting list for my next appointment. Uh, so I feel well not to worry too much because if there had been anything concerning, should have pushed me up the list. Mm. Um, I'm confident of that with the cardiologist I'm under. Yeah. Um, you know, and I took part in a research project um, in Edinburgh where they were researching the heart and the effects of turners on the heart and what have you. So that was just over over two years ago. So I'm expecting a shout back for that. And that was, that was very good to take part on because it was, it not only I had the MRI and the CT. It was all done. It was done with the radioactive dye okay. as well. Mm. So um, and that not only did it give the doctor who was doing the research project information, but it also that information was fed back to my cardiologist, mm. which is really good. Um, so. But um, just the pandemic has obviously delayed some things, you know, like I was supposed to be seen by the Glasgow cardiologist last year, but that didn't happen until this year due to the constraints and what have you on travel and such like. So, because she travelled, the Glasgow consultant travelled up to Aberdeen for a joint consultation with her and my own cardiologist. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, um, I don't know the reason for that, but just I suppose it's just back back up for my own cardiologist that she's, she, you know, treating things the way they should be. Because um, I would think this far north, they're not seeing that many Turner's patients mm. in terms in overall. Um, that programme on the uh, telly the other night the the surgeons, mm, um, surgeons at the where they, yeah where they performed it but I think he mentioned that he'd only ever come across 11 patients with Turner mm. in that program which is you know really just shows you how how rare and unique we are yeah exactly that was an amazing you know, program wasn't it yeah so, um, and I had someone mention to me just at church this morning that they had watched that uh, program and they then went away and researched Turner syndrome because they knew I had it. Yeah, wow. So, um, which I thought was, was good. Mm. You know, because I've always been seen as little Caroline. Mm. And even when folk have, I've been open and honest about the Turner's folk have said, Oh, I just thought you were little. <laughs> I've never seen you as anything, anything but little Caroline. Yeah. yeah. But I'm in saying that, I never questioned why I was so small because my mum and dad weren't tall. But yeah. my, my brothers were quite tall. So I used to question why they were tall rather than why I was short. 
Yeah. Um, which is probably not a bad thing, and it's probably just my my way of turning things onto positive. Uh, my glass is half full rather than half empty. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, which I think is, you know, yes, I have my times where I worry, um, you know, about the impact of things, uh, particularly like laterally with my heart having got a bit worse. Um, there has been occasions where I've got a bit stressed out. And I basically give myself a talking to and get on with it again. Put <laughs> hmm. on the big girl pants, as they say. <laughs> what is the most important message, do you think, for people who know about Turner's and for people who don't? Sorry? What's the most important message for people who know about Turner's and for people who don't? I would say that empower you to you get all your health checks um, because it is so important and ensure you know it's having the it's having the empowerment to pick up the phone and like I did with the cardiologist and make sure that you're under the right cardiologist or you know, if your GP is referring you to the cardiologist, emphasise to them that it needs to be the cardiologist that deals with congenital abnormalities of the heart mm. so that you're getting correct care or adult congenital, adult cardiologist, um, congen- I think it's adult congenital cardiologist, they, you would be looking for, for an adult, for, you know, a lady um, and I, I mean, if a youngster diagnosed with heart issues when they were when they're tiny, they would be, I would hope, seen right the way through. But definitely, I would say the important message is to empower yourself, make sure that you're getting the correct health check. Don't let it define you and don't let it stop you achieving what you want to achieve because there are many of us out there with Turner's who have got degrees. And as I said earlier, the professionals underestimate us all the time. But that's where our courage and determination comes in. And I think that's quite a common trait in Turner's girls and ladies is the determination and stubbornness. Mm. (laughs) Um, If you say to me, you can't do it's like a red rag to a bull. Mm-hmm. Don't say to me I can't do it because I'll show you that I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, you know, and I think I think how we how we bring the how important message for parents, I would say, is to treat them as much as as possible like their peers. Mm-hmm. You know, don't so that. They, they don't get any hang-ups about having turners. Yes, they're going to have their moments. There's always going to be things that crop up that's going to be turners. But if you treat them as much as their peers as possible, then that's going to be a knock that they're going to recover, hopefully, quickly from, mm. rather than, 
you know, let it get them too down. And I know personality, you know, we're all different personalities and that is a that's a big factor as well. But I always say that my mum made me the woman I am today. Mm. And and I think that Turner's women have a very strong relationship with their mums anyway. And I think that comes from the empowerment side. Because if you're diagnosed as a child, your mum's the empower, the one that empowers you, you for your checks and what have you until you're old enough to empower yourself. Yeah. And, you know, support you further. I mean, I was going to clinics from relatively young age for my generation on my own, you know, for because I was so used to going that I didn't have any hang-ups. No, I'm a big girl now. I can go myself. Mm. But um, definitely the health checks is the thing that I would state is so important. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they can be dealt with and impact hopefully minimised. All that. They're great messages, Caroline. Thank you for that. Is there anything you'd like to add that you haven't covered? I don't think so. Um, Other than, you know, the, the Turner Support Society is such a wonderful support organisation. I don't think there's another society support organisation like it. It supports cradle to grieve, as far as I'm concerned, um, the support. And, you know, I know the NHS says, you know, it's a cradle to grieve service, but, I mean, how many support services actually support you so well through the whole of your life and not only yourself but families I mean there's things that have came to me last few that I've explained oh that's why and that's purely because of my involvement with society and speaking to army but I mean it's just such an inclusive society partners parents Girls, ladies, and their families. I just, I just think it's amazing. Mm. And um, you know, if I hadn't been for Arlene, we would not have the support that we have. Um, she has, she has made it her mission, I think, to get the best care and the best support out there for us, ladies and girls with Turners and their families. And that is a testament to her hard work. Mm. And the society as a whole and all who support her in doing that. She's an incredible lady. Incredible lady. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for this episode. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you for having me on. And I hope that the talk, the podcast enjoyed. Good. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Okay. Right. Well, thank you very much. And Everyone listening. Okay, then. Thank you. Everyone listening. I'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you, Caroline, for that episode. I really, really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed meeting you.
So, next week we have Molly talking to us about her experience with tennis. So, if you haven't heard, I did a different upload schedule last week for my birthday. And for a birthday special, I'm doing a giveaway. So, what you need to do if you want to be in the giveaway to win a prize is a screenshot any point of any episode of this podcast on any social instagram twitter facebook and tag me in it you can do an instagram story instagram post you can do a story or post on any social but make sure you tag me i've linked all my socials below and i'm gonna choose the winner on the 10th of April so yeah that'd be exciting so if you want to take part then get screenshot in with this podcast